tone scales. We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about ethics a little bit today. We're going to talk about Half-Life. I don't know when the last time you talked about Half-Life is. And then keep in mind, we've also got the Good News Girls. That's right. They're back today with some really good news. We're talking some hero news, some really cool stuff. All that and more as we go on this incredible journey this week where we've been learning, or I should say, I've been sharing, hopefully you've been learning, but I've been sharing the things that I learned in the eight months that I spent studying Scientology about 15 years ago, I guess that was. Golly, I can't believe time flies. So all that and more, today's episode, GM3X, let's grow. Welcome to GM3X, I am your host, Glenn Lundy. I am a husband to one, a father to eight, and the founder of the 800% Elite Club. I hope you're ready for motivation, education, inspiration, celebrity interviews, and thought-provoking conversations because it's 5.30 a.m. and it's time to rise and grind. What up, all you crazy people? Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Dude, today is Thursday. That's right, I believe. Yes, yesterday was Wednesday. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. And what's crazy is today is the very first and the very last time it'll ever be Thursday, August 18th, 2022, So I want to make sure we make the absolute most. And I do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible, incredible day. Hey, thank you so much for joining me here this morning. I see Tariq is in the building. Mary Kim, Jeremy Noling's up in here. Justin Conoco. I see Marilyn Wilkin and Renee and Marvin and Liza, uh, Iffy and Core Element and BJ and Samantha. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your mornings with me. I'm super excited because we've been having an incredible conversation this week. What's up, Tom? It's great to see you over on Facebook. I've been having a, an, an yeah, because you're over in Puerto Rico now, right? You're in a different place. That's awesome. So I have been, um, this has been a fun and interesting week here on the show. And so I have to kind of preface it a little bit so that everybody knows exactly what we're doing. About 15 years ago or so, I spent eight months studying Scientology. I actually worked at the Church of Scientology and uh, studied Scientology, and it was transformational in my life. Now, ultimately, while studying Scientology, they introduced me to this idea that we are spiritual beings. I shouldn't say idea. They introduced me to the truth that we are spiritual beings. Up till that point, I just thought we were mind, body, and no spirit. So they introduced me to this idea that we are 3D, not 2D. Now I know a lot of times people find that confusing because they think Scientology doesn't have a concept of God, but ultimately the reality is Scientology does teach that there is an eighth dynamic, a supreme being, and they very much condone that you seek a spiritual understanding. The only difference is they don't have any dogma around how you seek that understanding. Catholic, Buddhist, Hindu, Christian, you do, you boo, is basically their philosophy. So I spent that season of time there and ultimately connected on a spiritual level and started to research different religions and so on and so forth. Ultimately, I found my path to spiritual understanding through Jesus Christ. 
through the Bible, through his story, right? That's what well, that was the path I I am on. And so I am a Christian. I go to a Christian church every single Sunday or every every Sunday. I try to go every Sunday. I don't go every Sunday. I try to go every Sunday. And that is me in a quick nutshell, just so you have an intro. And with that said, Scientology was transformative to me. And so this week, what we've been doing is we've been talking about the things that I learned in that eight months that I was working on staff and a member of the Church of Scientology, the things that were transformative for me that hopefully can make an impact on you as well. For example, earlier in the week, we talked about this book called Dianetics. This is a book that was written by L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, also known as LRH. In that book, it teaches us about something called engrams, which are these stored traumatic events that are stored in our reactive mind, not our analytical mind, and ultimately can come back up and can cause, we could, they can be triggered and cause us to act irrationally. We also talked earlier in the week about how we can get rid of those engrams by having well-lit, wide-awake trusted conversations where we can tell the stories over and over and over again of those traumatic events so that we can take them from subconscious to conscious or in this case from reactive mind to analytical mind we also earlier in the week i talked to you about how scientology taught me they taught me how to learn right a lot of times we just go to school we're told to learn but nobody teaches us how to learn so scientology taught me that we should always have a dictionary with us while we're reading, while we're absorbing, while we're consuming, uh, all of those things, because a lot of times there's words we think we know the meaning to, but we really don't. And our bodies can get stuck on a word. Remember, we talked this week about how you could read a paragraph or two and then forget what you just read. You can sometimes go pages in a book and be like, what did I just read? That typically is because somewhere along the line, there was a word that you didn't truly know the definition of. You kind of skipped over it. Your brain is stuck back there and absorbing new content is nearly impossible. We've talked about those things this week and we're going to continue down this road. Today, we're going to talk about something called a tone scale. We're also going to talk about effective communication strategies that I learned during my time in Scientology. And we're also going to talk about something called ethics. <laughs> which I'm sure you've heard that word before, but we're going to talk about ethics and the importance of them and some things around something called suppression. We'll go into that here in just a little bit. Before we go too far this morning, though, you know what we got to do on this show. Come on now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Turn it up a little bit. Can you can you turn it up in my headphones? There we go. We got to do some dancing this morning. We got to get that body in motion. Listen, it's 5.39 a.m. Eastern time. As a matter of fact, drop what time it is for you in the comments right now. Drop what time it is for you in the comments. If you're on LinkedIn, drop what time it is for you. Facebook, drop what time it is for you over on Clubhouse. Drop it in the chat. What time is it for you today? All right. Because I don't know what time it is exactly where you are, but I do know it's time to get that body in motion. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. So we want to get moving this morning. Let's do some dancing wherever you are in the world. Fair enough? Let's do some dancing. This is also the part of the show where I need you to hit that share button. That's right. I need you to hit that share button because I believe 
If we can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact on this planet. And sometimes all it takes to change the way somebody starts their day is for you to hit that share button. 2.39 a.m., Gloria. Oh, my goodness. It's early where you're at. (laughs) You're in Arizona, right? That's right. Crazy. All right. This is also the part of the show where I want to say good morning to you. I want you to say good morning to me. Whether you're watching this thing on live or you're watching on replay, say what's up. I'll say what's up back. Over on Clubhouse, I see Christina's with us. I see Sonia's joined us this morning. Michael D. Butler is in the building. What's up, Ricardo? Great to see you. I see Richard and Luis. I see Patricia, <clears throat> excuse me, is up in here this morning. Katsu Hero is in the building. Regina and Lakita. I see Damaris. I see Amanda Sanner is up in here. What's up, Amanda? How you doing, Cass? How you doing, Key and Lorna and Jessica? I see Brittany's in the building and JK. Erica's up in here. We got some new people in the building, too. Lauren and Suad. I see Allison and Wisdom. I see Carmen and Bimbola. Over on Facebook, I see Dana Fishbean. Oh, Gloria, you're in California. Right on. I see my boy Jeremy Nolling. Up in the building, Don Sankey, Kim Fair, Stephanie Toadvine. I can't tell you how stoked my wife is to have you in her life, Stephanie. I'm so glad that you guys put together your um, your Bible study group. It's amazing. Kimberly Hatfield, I got your message. I emailed you this morning. Tom Shallon, my boy, let's go. That's right. Rick Tamburino is in the building this morning. Sol Salcido, good morning. How you doing, Vicky Everett? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Robin Wilshans is up in here. Time to roll. That's right. Mike Higdon, good morning to you, sir. I'm so glad you are here with me. We are the crazies. We are the ones who will change the world. We are the ones who are willing to rise up while it's still dark outside. Right, John Paul Gidry? We're the crazies. And thanks to the fact that we are alive in 2022, the Queen, Renee, I'll see you this weekend. We are alive in 2022. What a gift to be able to come together in this way. Right, Cheryl Alexander? To be able to come together in this way, Katie Ward, and be able to energize, encourage, lift, and grow together. What a gift and what a blessing. I'm super grateful you're here. Just so you know, we wouldn't be able to do things like this if it wasn't for the auto industry. The auto industry has been the biggest blessing to me. And now I get an opportunity through something called the 800% Elite Automotive Club. What's up, Amante? How you doing, Debbie? I now get the opportunity to work with owners and general managers of car dealerships all over North America. Incredible. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Yesterday, our live Q&A session was just off the chain. The opportunity to work with such amazing superhumans. And if it wasn't for the auto industry and it wasn't for 800% Club, we wouldn't have an opportunity to do what we do today. So shout out to my 800% Club members. I see Sankey's in here. I see uh, John Paul Guidry's in here right now. I think Mike Overfelt might be in here. Shout out to the 800% Club members. You guys are what make it make it happen and make it amazing. For those of you that are not a part yet, if you're an owner or a general manager of a car dealership anywhere in North America, you need to hit me up. You need to check it out. As a matter of fact, we've got a retreat coming up in Atlanta, October 26th. We are inviting members outside of the club to come get a peek inside of what it looks like. I'd love for you to come check that out. You can go to SaveYourDealership.com if you want to learn more about that. Let me give you a quick glimpse of what that looks like, and then we'll get to the good news, girls, and we'll dive in with some strategies for you today. Automotive dealer owners and GMs only exclusively 
on October 26th, the Technology Matters Summit presented by 800% Elite Automotive Club. We are holding this event at one of the premier dealerships in the United States of America. We will be at Beaver Toyota in Cummins, Georgia. That's right. Beaver Toyota led by Patrick Abad. I know you've heard of the place. They've had a massive, massive increase in sales over the last three years. And we're going to have our event right there on site. So you can check out the store. You can check out all the features. You can check out what some are calling the Disneyland of dealerships. As we learn that technology matters from Dan Moore, Aaron Sheeks, Brian Kramer, and so many more. Grab your ticket now. We'll see you there. October 26th, Cummins, Georgia. Don't miss it. I would like to hear some good news. Good news, good news. When news is not bad, it is good. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. You're in a good mood today. Yeah, I'm in a great mood. I want to hear some good news though. Well, I have a great story out of Sacramento. Okay. So, there was a seven-year-old little boy named Messiah. Okay. Wanted to go swimming. His parents actually, like, they describe him as like he's gonna be a future Olympic swimmer. Like, he swims that great. Love that. Yeah. Lives in an apartment complex, ready to go swimming. He walks down. I have no clue where his parents are because the article I read did not say anything about it. But seven-year-old wanted to go swimming. Walks down to the pool, the apartment complex and sees a three-year-old toddler drowning in the six-foot portion of the pool. Oh my God. Without any second thought, that seven-year-old jumped right into the pool and saved that three-year-old. Oh my gosh. One of the parents were there, sitting beside the pool, seeing what happened. I guess it happened so fast. Yeah. Um, kind of helped yank him up and gave CPR, brought the little kid back. Uh, he went to the hospital with critical condition, is doing great now. Oh my gosh. But how awesome is it that this little seven-year-old is a freaking hero? Yeah, yeah, we gotta listen to kids because they really like see stuff that we don't see and they, you know, they see the world differently from us. So he definitely spotted something that no one else was spotting. So and that's stuff, awesome. Stuff like that can happen in a blink of an eye. So. Yes, drowning is fast. Drowning is fast. Yeah, you can drown really quickly. Yeah, you can drown in like a teaspoon of water. Yeah. Something like that. It's something little. I don't know. Yeah, it's something little. Like a teaspoon or less. Like literally. That's crazy. Yeah, I oh stress a bathtub with my baby. So I totally imagine a pool, but no floaties. I guess a kid probably fell in. It's just yeah. my assumption I could be wrong, but it sounds like it just fell in and that little boy, seven year old, happened to be there at the right time, right place. What a hero. And that's all, folks. Jessica and Alex were just speaking of the different perspectives, right? How children can bring a different perspective. They see things differently than what we normally see. And that's one of the things I love about this space is we like to look at things from all angles. We like to check out all the different perspectives because I am a firm believer that all perspectives have value. All 
all perspectives have value. When we examine another perspective, it either helps us solidify our current belief system or it opens our minds, our eyes, our hearts, our spirits to a potential new idea, a new concept of what works for us. So all perspectives have value. And that's why this week we've been sharing the perspective from Scientology and the lessons that I learned in the eight months that I got to work for and be a part of the Orange County Church of Scientology in Orange County, California. Now, the next lesson that I learned that I want to share with you is something called a tone scale. All right. Now, a tone scale, a full tone scale in the Church of Scientology starts at positive 40 and goes down to negative 40. Zero on a tone scale would be death. Okay? Zero would be death. So there are tones that are worse than death and vice versa. So on the positive side of the tone scale, the very top, the 40, is serenity of beingness. Below that is postulates and then games, action, exhilaration, enthusiasm, cheerfulness, strong interest, et cetera, et cetera, as you work down the chain. Now, on the negative side of a tone scale, you have things like self-abandonment, victim, hopelessness, apathy, feeling useless, the dying, the actual death of the body. Now, below death of body, is things like failure, pity, shame, blame, regret. So what they taught us is understanding where people are on the tone scale, what emotion they're experiencing on the tone scale, allows us to connect with others on a deeper level. Because here's the thing. If I am at a place on the tone scale of shame, blame, regret, hopeless, way down on the tone scale, and you come at me all the way on the other side with exhilaration and ready to play games, we're not going to be able to connect. We're too far apart on the tone scale. You see, the key to the tone scale is to be within one or two of where the other person's at. I'll give you a real life example of this in the, uh, in the auto industry. In the auto industry, when somebody came at me that was very agitated, they were very upset. Something negative happened with their vehicle, maybe in the service department, maybe on the sales side, something negative happened and they were irate about it. When they came at me irate, if they were fully animated and I came at them like, oh yes, sir, okay, I understand. I'll try to take care of it. If I came at him at that tone, guess what would happen? They would actually get more frustrated. They'd say, dude, why aren't you taking this seriously? Do you understand this is a life or death situation to me? And here you are just calm and collected, not okay. It was impossible to communicate. So it was important for me when somebody came at me at a level like mad, like extreme anger, agitated, I had to be within two of that tone. Now, my job was to bring them down. So I would go within two below their tone because I want to bring them, I want to peel them off the ceiling. 
If I match their tone, we're going to fight. If I'm even more aggressive than they are, it gets worse. But if I'm a little bit below and I say, sir, listen, I understand the seriousness of this situation. And with that said, we're going to get this handled. But I'm going to need you to drop it down a notch so that we can move forward. That heads us into some effective communication. Check out this video. One of the most crucial factors in achieving success in life is knowing how to handle other people. At times, the unpredictable nature of human behavior can make this seem difficult or even impossible. But if you had a tool that would identify the various human emotions and help you to understand the behavior associated with them, this would become quite simple. In Scientology, we call this tool the Tone Scale. This scale shows the successive emotional tones common to every person and assigns numbers to help delineate them. These emotional tones have predictable patterns. For example, did you ever try to talk to an angry man? Someone who is angry doesn't listen to what is said. He may even lie about what happened, or at least twist the facts. And more than likely, you feel worse after you talk to him. Upon examining it, you will find that all angry people have these and other attributes in common. People are not fixed in one tone. They move on the tone scale in response to the conditions they face in life. This can happen rapidly or over a long period of time. Many difficulties in life trace back to not understanding the nature of these emotional tones and how to deal with them. For instance, you've probably seen someone who was cheerful or enthusiastic receive bad news and then go into grief. Someone who can't identify the different emotions won't know how the person is going to react and may handle the situation wrongly. This can have consequences for oneself and one's relationships. By knowing what emotion you are seeing and what emotion you should in turn express, you will be able to communicate in any situation, no matter how difficult. The tone scale is of enormous value in life and in handling interpersonal relations by taking the mystery out of human behavior. Now listen, if you're in sales or want stronger relationships, taking the time to understand the tone scale is so incredibly beneficial. It's helped my career uh, a thousandfold. I can't explain how helpful it's been understanding other people's emotions and intelligence. Now, our other people's emotion and having intelligence around that. Now, it's also helped me as a speaker. When I'm a speaker on a stage, right? When I'm a speaker on a stage, I can, I can monitor the audience. And by knowing where the audience is at, right? By knowing where they're at, then I can adjust my flow. I can adjust my pace. I can adjust my energy to represent a certain tone, all right, so if I'm too uptone, too excitable, 
and the audience is down here, like we haven't brought that level up yet, there's going to be a disconnect. And so you'll notice anytime I speak on a stage or even when you hear me in here, I'm gonna speed things up a little bit. I'm gonna slow things down. I'm gonna bring you up and get you excited and get you dancing. And then I'm gonna bring you back down because we're moving through these range of emotions because I wanna be able to connect with you. It's important to me that you and I connect, that it's not just a listener speaker uh, situation, but that we're actually building a bond and a relationship, right? So understanding the tone scale is incredibly effective. Now, outside of Scientology, they just call this emotional intelligence. <laughs> That's what they call it. It's emotional intelligence, but they don't actually teach you emotional intelligence, whereas I learned emotional intelligence through the tone scale. Second thing I wanted to make sure you walk away with today is I learned in my time at Scientology, I learned effective communication. Now, effective communication is a series of data points that you need to regulate whenever you're having conversations. At first, it becomes technical. In time, it just becomes natural. So in order to effectively communicate, we have to have certain components. The first component is we have to have intention. We have to intend to be heard in order to communicate effectively, right? Like if you're just, uh, you don't need to mumble it, you know, you have to whisper it or mumble it or anything like that, right? You don't have full on intention to be heard. People will have a hard time communicating. Now on the other side of intention, you have to have something called attention. Now this is where my wife gets it wrong often. <laughs> my wife, will intend to be heard. However, she will not have my attention. And therefore, there is a break in communication. I might be watching a football game. My wife intends to tell me where she's going, what she's doing, what the plan is. She has not my attention. Five minutes later, she's like, Glenn, and I'm like, what? And she's like, are you going to do that thing? And I'm like, what thing? And she's like, that thing I told you about. And I'm like, I don't remember you telling me about nothing. Because <laughs> I might be in the room. But if you ain't got my attention, I will not hear you. You see, effective communication requires intention. I intend to be heard. Attention. The person on the other side, Right. I have to have their attention. And then we also have to make sure that we include things like tone. Our tone when speaking to someone else matters. You guys know that, right? If somebody's crazy on the tone scale, if they're yelling at you, you're not going to hear them. If they're screaming at you, they're mad, they're angry, they're whatever, right? The tone is going to actually keep us because we're going to go into a defensive mode. We're going to go into protect. We're not listening. So in order to communicate effectively, you must have intention. You must have attention. You must have the proper tone. You also have to have something called duplication. Okay, duplication means the person on the other side can see visually in their mind exactly the picture that we are trying to paint. Like right now, I'm trying to paint a picture for you of what effective communication looks like. I have to make sure that with intention and your attention using the right tones that I can ultimately duplicate 
effective communication, the thought that is in my mind and what that looks like, I can duplicate that to you. There has to be duplication in order for us to effectively communicate. If you can't see it the way that I see it, then we haven't communicated effectively. We need to continue the conversation. That's a great one for leaders. A lot of times leaders will tell people what to do. They'll say the words, but they don't make sure that there's duplication, that the person on the other side actually understands the picture that you have in your head. So we have to have intention. We have to have attention. We have to have the right tone. We have to have duplication. Volume matters as well, right? Volume matters. If you're talking too soft where I can't hear you, that's a problem. If you're too far, or I'm sorry, if you're, yeah, if you're talking too soft and I can't hear you, that's a problem. If you're talking too loud, then that's a problem as well. Your volume matters. Also, the speed and the pace with which you speak matters. And distance. Don't forget distance. If you're too far away from me, we can't effectively communicate. But if you're all up in my face, we cannot effectively communicate either. So for all you close talkers, back on up. So I learned about effective communication, and it has helped me be a better communicator in so many ways. I've learned a lot of other things at the Church of Scientology, things that I use every single day in my life today that have made me a better leader, a better coach, a better parent. Now, ultimately, I decided the religion itself was not for me. Ultimately, I made a decision and went down a path that led me to the Bible, that led me to Jesus, and ultimately led to my spiritual understanding and a spiritual connection. I connect spiritually through the Christian religion. With that said, I can't come here and tell you that that's the path for you. You have to figure out what is the path for you. You have to figure out how you get there. But here's a suggestion. If you've never explored, if you've only been told and only followed, and you've never explored, I suggest that you take the time to shift your perspective to, to be open-minded to learning from other places and other things so that you can solidify, solidify your journey, solidify your walk, solidify your connection. And also quite possibly be introduced to some new concepts that can make a massive impact in your life. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that you and I are children of God, the God of the universe, the God that made everything. And I believe that that God made you and I to become the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. Not an average version, not a below average version, not an above average version. The best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And in order for you to become the best version of you, it is going to require you continually learning Constantly adding tools into your toolbox, evolving, right? A constant evolution. And science has proven that there are actually cells in our brains that lie dormant until they're exposed to new experiences, new situations. 
This is why traveling the world can be so beneficial because there are literally parts of your brain that will never activate if you don't step foot in China. There are parts of your brain that will never activate if you don't step foot in Australia. There are parts of your brain that will never activate if you don't step foot in Africa or South America. There are parts of your brain that will literally lie dormant your entire life until you step out of these places of comfort where you're surrounded by people that look like you, walk like you, talk like you, think like you, and believe like you. There are pieces of you left untouched. There is potential left untapped until we step into these areas. I appreciate you being open-minded and stepping into these areas with me this week. I hope you found it fun and entertaining. I hope you've taken away some things that you can apply in your life. Uh, tomorrow, there is a guy who is a very well-known uh, Scientologist by the name of Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone has been studying Scientology for decades on decades on decades and uses a lot of the methods in his training and his coaching. And I had an opportunity to sit down with him uh, last week and talk about his book, Be Obsessed or Be Averaged. And so tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'm going to bring that interview to you. Uh, so make sure you tune in tomorrow while Grant and I chat it up. Uh, there's all kinds of lessons to be learned in that. Until then, I'm going to head over to Clubhouse. For those of you that are watching live, we'll be on Clubhouse until about 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, having discussion around today's show. For those of you that are watching on uh, replay, I appreciate you so much being here. Make sure you come back tomorrow, 5.30 a.m. We're going to do this all over again on GM3X. Fair enough? Fair enough. Have an incredible day. Thanks for being with me. This has been fun. Let's grow. Let's grow.